0: Hello, and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace and Spokes and Impending. I'm Simona Rochefort. I'm a Senior Video Producer at Polygon, and I'm here today with Brianna Wu, Executive Director of the Rebellion Pack and soon-to-be runner once more, and Christina Warren, (laughs) Senior Cloud Advocate at Microsoft and currently, like, in the middle of her Ignite marathon uh, (laughs) because it's MS Ignite this week. She's taken an hour to talk to us about all sorts of nonsense. Uh, But, uh, Christina, before we begin, is there anything you want to say to people who will be listening to this on Thursday? (laughs) Uh, No, I mean, uh, Microsoft Night
1: is super, super fun, and um, there's, like, a ton of really good news. There's this new, like, Microsoft Mesh thing for AR, VR. I don't know. It's just fun. We're having a good time. I
0: think we can – let's do a debrief on that next week because I think that that'll be fun to kind of, like, talk about everything that was announced and all that jazz Uh, One more quick news. I just
2: do want to put myself on record being psyched about Mesh.
0: (laughs) Brianna Wu, psyched about Mesh. Uh, Thank you for giving me the episode title. Um, (laughs) (laughs) One more brief news note before we get into today's topics. It looks like MediaTonic, the creator of Fall Guys, is joining Epic Games. Uh, So this, of course, uh, puts them in the same wheelhouse as the creators of Fortnite, and as you so astutely pointed out, I think Brie uh, means Fall Guys' is future on iOS. <laughs> womp, in the womp, toilet. <laughs> uh, I mean, however, rip. Fall Guys is a super popular <laughs> game on PC, certainly, right now. Um, and, and it's definitely, it seems like a partnership that makes
2: sense. It's such a great game. You know, I feel like if we want to get America back together, you could just tell everyone, look, we're taking away Fall Guys if you don't get your ass together. And then like, we'll just fix it all. I love that game. I think it's brilliant game design.
0: I noticed that self-censorship there and I appreciate it. <laughs> no problem. Since apparently what we've learned is that I cannot be trusted apparently to parse when a swear word is being said in my vicinity. <laughs> um Poor Jim. Thank you, Jim. Shout out to Thank Jim, you, Jim. Our audio engineer. Shout out to Jim. All right. Well, let's dig into this week's topics. We're going to be talking about uh, the current explosion in the NFT market. And then we're going to be revisiting the topic of Bree's new supercomputer. Woo! And finally, a documentary slash fictionalized Netflix movie that we are very excited for here at Rocket. Uh, but before that, we have to talk about all of the Bitcoin things. So there's recently, just these past couple of weeks, been a huge explosion uh, in the NFT market. And NFT stands for non-fungible tokens. And these are digital assets that live on the blockchain. Um, and can be bought and sold and traded and things like that, um, like collectible sports cards or even digital sneakers, is an example from Coindesk.com. So, buying one of these allows the buyer to have ownership of a digital item, whether that be an image, an animation, a video, a song, anything like that. Uh, the example that you probably know and are familiar with is CryptoKitties. Those are NFTs, they're images of These weird little cats, uh, and they live on the blockchain, and people are just nuts for them. Um, Another example would be a Neon Cat, who you might recognize as the Rainbow Pop-Tart cat that was very popular when I was in college, Uh, has actually been sold as an NFT. So somebody now owns the digital rights to that meme. Nice. Um, Recently, just this past week, we've seen uh, NFTs being auctioned off at places like Christie's, um, and the musical artist and wife of Elon Musk Grimes this month made five point eight million dollars selling digital art in the form of music videos and <laughs> images. Uh, <laughs> let me I'm sorry. <laughs> the amount of salt, I will say, I ha- I'm trying to be very uh, edit not editorial right now. I'm trying to give you the facts. Um the yes, amount of salt very that great. I'm feeling in my soul from having researched this topic. Is approaching like Dead Sea levels, um, so Grimes is actually giving an undisclosed amount of uh, her profits from that to $2. Carbon One Eighty. Uh, it is two million. You said
1: no. I'm just. I was joking. I was saying two dollars. Oh, two dollars. I have no idea. <laughs> have no, okay. Well, I have no stop idea. Joking
0: <laughs> to Carbon One Eighty, which is a nonprofit uh, that focuses on removing carbon from the atmosphere. Um. Okay, so this is I, this is basically we're talking about this now because it's getting really, really big. But it's obviously been going on for a little while. Um, and I will say, reaching now the editorial section of this discussion, <laughs> my initial reaction was so viscerally negative, and it remains viscerally negative. So I would love to know if either of you two, my friends, have a
2: different perspective on this. No, not me, Bree. <sighs> I I I am I, I think it has a future, but I personally hate it.
0: <laughs> Dope. Yeah. Then allow me yeah. to explain some of the things that I hate most about it. And I'm going to start with uh, Grimes donating a portion of her profits to Carbon 180. Here is my feeling. It is all very well and good to remove carbon from the atmosphere. I would love it if we all do that. A wonderful way to start not doing that would be to simply not you not, not be involved in the cryptocurrency market like unless she's completely offsetting her her impact her f- carbon footprint uh made through crypt- cryptocurrency I, I this is a totally empty gesture to me um and then my i guess secondary thought would be there there was some discussion i saw on twitter around this this week about just your average digital artist buying into this market and just how how difficult that was for them to invest in the Bitcoin in the first place and uh, essentially gamble to see, okay, is my art going to be worth anything? If my art is worth something, will it continue to be worth something? Because cryptocurrency, it, it varies so wildly. Um, I think there is an upside to this, which is that, Each digital work, like obviously it's intangible, but uh, artists can earn royalties every time their work is sold, uh, which is something that William Shatner actually did. He sold a series of images of himself, which I think is funny. Uh, My (laughs) carbon point still stands, but I think it's funny. Um, And he'll get royalties every time uh, those images are sold. So in a way that is good for artists. However, to me, this smacks of something that is only accessible to Somebody who is already, frankly, a millionaire because she's a musician, a popular musician like Grimes. Like, I'm not going to – I'm not an artist. Okay, my friend Keezy, who is a comic artist, they're not going to make a digital image and be able to sell it as an NFT and have that be good for artists. And there are people out there who are saying, oh, this is great. This is democratizing art. This is meaning you don't have to get into, like – the Sotheby's and sell your art in this big auction house it doesn't have to be like in the louvre whatever this is open to anyone and it's not open to anyone it's open to people who have money for people who have money um and uh, nothing wrong with having money and buying things that are expensive as we've discussed with Peloton but this to me is in no way like a revolutionary way to approach art and that's just like period on that thought
1: yeah. Well for me, the bigger thing, if I'm being completely candid, I mean I think the energy um uh, thing is is a good one, although I don't know what blockchain, you know, they use for NFTs. So I think that you could make the argument that it would not use as much energy as, say, mining for Ethereum or or Bitcoin or something else. So that it is actually the on a- the
0: the Ethereum standard.
1: Okay, all right. So it's on the Ethereum standard. So yeah, I mean, there's there's going to be an energy resource thing there, which is at least this is how it's working right now. I'm, I'm saying like, that theoretically, you could have NFTs that were not using that sort of blockchain. That because maybe you know the the block is is smaller and, and doesn't have as much activity on it, wouldn't require as much energy to you know get each each piece to confirm confirm that it's you know where it is on the chain. I don't know. I just think this whole thing is stupid. Like. I love to – I'm a collectible. I'm a borderline hoarder. Um, <laughs> I'm OCD, and I feel like the completest nature in myself. But there are a couple of collectible things that I just – I've never been able to wrap my head around. One is um, uh, collectible cards, like like sports cards or, or Pokemon cards or magic cards or things like that. I just – I know why people pie them, and, and I'm not, like, judging that. I just personally – I can't even – I can't even pretend to force myself into caring. The second thing is – Th- this sort of digital-only art stuff. Like, mm-hmm. there is nothing other than the fact that the creator is saying I'm limiting it to this number that when it's a digital component makes it limited. And even then, like, uh, there are ways where you could make copies of something. It, it's not going to, you know, be uh, unique, you know, in, in the blockchain sense, but it's still a digital piece, right? Like,
2: mm-hmm. I,
1: I don't know. I, the whole thing just strikes me, if I'm being completely honest, as just completely freaking stupid. Like I cannot imagine spending seventy five hundred dollars on a digital piece of art. And I, I mean, I think that what the Nyan Cat guy did was was kind of cool. And in selling that, I mean, like, okay, you now have the file or whatever. But even then, it's like he could have made a copy of that file before he sold the thing that is that is on the blockchain. You know what I mean? Like,
2: mm-hmm. I don't I do, know. I do. The,
1: I so just, I think the whole this- thing is dumb. That's me.
2: So this is, this is my take on this. Um, And I want to start this with the story. Uh, You know, for me, uh, I, for my job at Rebellion Pack, I don't have federal withholding set up. I have to like hold that amount of money for my taxes every year. Right. So I put that in a savings account and I looked at the savings account for an entire year of taxes uh, yesterday. And I got 49 cents of interest. And the reason for that is because interest rates are very low uh, right now with with COVID and anyone with money is looking for places to put that money. Right. Because you can't make money, you know, that way. We've seen this, need we've seen this desire for the rich to like have a place to invest money in fact a lot of different industries really good example i like classic porsches i have like a mid-level old model from 35 years ago if you want like the ultra super great model You can't get that because investors have hoarded them and thrown them in garages even when they don't Mm -hmm. give an F about this stuff just because they've got to put money somewhere and they know it's going to appreciate. There's actually a surplus of venture capital in a lot of different ways because, again, people like the wealth inequality is so strong that people are just investing in crazy stuff Mm -hmm. (laughs) trying to get rich. And I just see this as another uh, offshoot of this. And one of the stories uh, we're going to link to here. There's a guy that actually spent $67,000 a few years ago on a 10-second video file and just sold that for multi-millions of dollars. Who has $67,000 sitting around to spend on a whim like this? It's people with excess capital. So I, I I think there are some legitimate uses for this. And let me just give you one um Think about medical imaging. Uh, Fuji uh, headquarters, they actually have a major office here in Boston. They've moved from like traditional film stuff into medical imaging stuff. So imagine like a chain of custody with like if you're getting an MRI or, MRI or something like that, mm-hmm. like really efficient ways to lock down images, digital files, ensure ownership over that. That's a good use of blockchain here. This is just more ways for the rich to get richer and i absolutely hate it
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) i i think the the anecdote that might made my head explode uh was one again from coindesk uh that coindex coindesk link what are nfts which is in the show notes about somebody buying several digital properties and then combining them into one large digital property. Like, and when I say property, I mean like land, like digital land, and I believe in decentral land. And then that <sighs> digital plot was worth, now worth eighty thousand dollars, right? And I, I am picturing like emailing my financial advisor and being like, "All right, Alex, what I'd like to do is take out a mortgage. <laughs> what I, and yeah. I, what I'd like to spend it on is." Fake funny, funny land for funny money, and like I do i I acknowledge that currency, like our our dollar bills have value just because we believe they have value, and currently that is what Bitcoin is. It's something that genuinely yes. has value because we say it has value and people want them. Um, however, I, I i I'm still grappling just with how I think how personally meaningless. I find it, yeah, uh, and how inaccessible I find it. I don't think it is on the level of any standard currency, simply because it is this sort of offshoot of society that that believes in the value of this thing um, yeah. and is making money no. off of it, and ugh.
1: No, I agree. I mean, the thing is, too. I mean, you know, like like you said, Bitcoin at this point like it's not a Ponzi scheme. It it has a lot of similarities and there are certainly a lot of Ponzi schemes in crypto, but I wouldn't call Bitcoin one. But yeah, people believe that it has a certain value. And for right now these NFTs do as well, but you know, ICOs did too. The the initial uh, coin offerings and ICOs crashed and burned and people who got, you know, people who get in and get out quick can make a ton of money, but other people mm-hmm. cannot. And so I would just yeah. caution anybody just like with GameStop like know what you're doing with this. If you're making yeah. a risk on, if you're making a bet on this, know that it's a risk and it could pay off really well and you could be way richer than all three of us. And, you know, I'm I'm happy for you if that's the case. But I think that for people, anybody who's looking at stuff in this space as like a long-term investment, I would say this is going to be very similar to any other sort of collectible where there is typically a, a, a bubble in the market. And, you know, Beanie Babies, my mm-hmm. si- my sister's um, boyfriend's mom uh, when she was like in, in high school and college Got her the entire collection, and those things are worthless, right? But like everybody was so sure that it was going to be worth all this money in the future because it was going to be so rare and it was this big cultural moment, and it and here we are, you know, twenty years later, and it's not. Having said that, Pokemon cards, yeah, are now valuable again. So you never know. I'm just personally, I'm going to be totally honest. I think that the the tangible long term value of an NFT of a digital like thing. I just don't see that holding its value long term. But also don't take I'm not a financial advisor. Do what you want with your <laughs> money. Just be aware
0: of. of yeah, you know. I, I think that that's a really good thought. Um, and we'll definitely be keeping up with this story as it develops. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award winning templates, and more. Maybe you want to create an online store. Maybe you want to create a portfolio. Maybe you want to create a blog. Well, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. There's nothing to install. No patches to worry about. No upgrades needed. You don't got to worry about any of that stuff. Squarespace has it covered. They have award winning 24 7 customer support if you need any help. And they let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. And all of their award winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. And I'm sure you have a bunch of them. Maybe you can put your NFTs there. I don't know, man. You do you. <laughs> Squarespace plan started just $12 a month, but you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com slash rocket. And then when you decide to sign up, use the offer code rocket to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and to show your support for us here at rocket. Once again, that is squarespace.com slash rocket and the code rocket to get 10% off your first purchase. Thank you so much Squarespace for your support of this show. And all of Relay FM, Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. Well, 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 last week on the show, we discussed how Christina Warren was once again a superhero in obtaining a piece (laughs) of technology for someone. And that person is one Brianna Wu, who has now built a supercomputer <laughs> and maybe, I don't know, are you going to death ray me? I-, I respect and fear you. Uh, so I want to yeah, hear I'm all that. I supercomputer.
2: So, so Christy, I got to tell you the parts list that you put, Together. I mean, of course, when you're buying so many disparate parts, uh, there's always a huge amount of fear that, you know, something isn't going to be compatible. You're not going to have a cable you need, you know, just normal stuff. Uh, You put together a literally perfect (laughs) list of parts that gave me zero trouble whatsoever. Uh, The case, which was a Lee and Lee uh, cooler too, was just really easy to work in. The motherboard was great, the power supply. But I kind of want to like just tell some of our listeners out there what the experience is of like building a modern Windows PC uh, these days. Because like before I had done this a couple of years ago, my my first thought of it was what it was like back in the 90s. Do you know what I mean? Like yep. when you're trying to hunt down DLLs or, you know, like you're trying to find this, uh, like messing with, uh, you know, the, the product key and, you know, trying to hunt down all these different drivers. And for everything, you're like spending a year trying to mess with it. It's Not at least, it has not been that way for the last two PCs that I've built. Um, it's really the first thing is there's a lot of documentation out there, uh, for every single part you buy. So, I was just literally following a YouTube video of someone else that had built, uh, with this particular case before, and uh, you know, the hardest part I think I would say would be going into the motherboard, uh, documentation and kind of understanding where you have know, the addressable RGB ports yeah. go, uh, you know, like where your USB hookup from the front of the computer mm-hmm. goes, like all that stuff does require a, a level of technical knowledge that I think a lot of people don't have, but like the installing windows part of it and getting the drivers up and, and running absolutely dead easy.
1: I'm so glad to hear that. And yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Like at this point, I think that for most people, the hardest part of building a PC is probably dealing with any of the RGB stuff if it's um, because that can get more complicated and like your your wire management. Um, but you don't have to, you know, like uh, short headers on your motherboard anymore, right? Like most right. of it is just plug and play. And so I'm really glad that the process went well for you. And I'm I'm super glad, but also super terrified for all of us of the build that you have. So um, yeah. I, I, I'm interested in hearing about the performance from from your perspective, especially compared to what you had before.
2: So I want to talk about two parts of this. Uh, the first is I want to talk about the gaming performance. And um, the, the second part of it I want to talk about is Bitcoin mining. Uh, now, just as a clarification for listeners, don't yell at me. I know cryptocurrency is like an environmental nightmare. I'm not going to do this long term. I did want to research it to talk about it on this week's podcast uh, with you. And I have some interesting things to say about that. Uh, So first of all, uh, I thought I'd played Cyberpunk. I had not played Cyberpunk. I put 70 hours into Cyberpunk and I'm literally just starting it over, even though I'm like 30 minutes from the end, because it looks so much better on this rig. It's just stunning. Uh, Just everything about it. There's no game I found that I cannot put on all ultra max at the highest settings. God, I can't imagine the power
0: you must feel. That it's amazing. It's cool. (laughs) Okay. I mean,
1: okay. (laughs) To put this in perspective, Simone, her graphics card has 24 gigabytes of Ram and like fast Ram at that. It's like her, 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 her graphics card is so powerful. It's more powerful than, (laughs) you know, most, most CPUs that were sold just a couple of years ago. Like, right. It's,
0: it's unreal. I think your graphics card is about to apply to Harvard and get in. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, my Mac Pro is very powerful. Uh, there's a standard Unreal Engine 4 level that I have to like test light baking with. And, uh, you know, this is more of a CPU-bound thing than a GPU-bound mm-hmm. thing. But for a light bake, uh, for this very complex level, on my 2009 Mac Pro, which, by the way, is still a very fast machine, uh, relatively. It was, until a few years ago, one of the, still one of the fastest uh, Macs uh, ever made for this kind of light bake application. Like, this is what the Mac Pro is for. for. Uh, it would take about three minutes to do a light bake on there with my iMac Pro. It would take about 45 seconds, maybe a minute. Uh, it took this computer about six seconds <laughs> to do <gasps> what? it. Insane. So, so it's gonna be very good for game dev uh when that finally comes out. So uh really great, but I do want to say I think for most people, this graphics card is just simply overkill. Oh, yeah. Even running at ultra settings, I go and look at my load on it and it's running at like 30%. Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no. And and, and the thing I'll point out for anybody too who's like kind of looking for graphics cards, unfortunately right now it is probably still easier to get a 3090 than it is a 3080 and there's in in a, if you could get a thirty ninety at retail, that is unfortunately about what thirty eighties are going for on the aftermarket right now, which is insane and stupid. So obviously, buy at retail, whatever you can get at retail. Don't pay scalpers. Don't go into that. But I agree with you. Like I think that not only is it overkill, none of the games are going to even touch it. And and the thing I'll point out too oh, is wow. that, you know the next gen consoles are all basically about the same power at their high limit as as a thirty eighty. So you know. People are going to be good for the next two years, um, and and that's talking about 4K, like high settings, like high frame rates. Um, but um, the power consumption too, if you're getting a 3090, is substantial. Like Brie, we put a we put the we put a thousand watt um, a PSU in her machine for that. Um, with a 3080, with the right build, you could have like a, a 750 watt power supply. You don't want to be under a thousand watts with a 3090 because it can nope. take over 400 watts. Um, based on on what it's doing. And that's, I think, before you get into overclocking. So it it's like incredibly, incredibly powerful. I, th- I agree with you. I think it's probably overkill for most people based on the things that I've seen. But also... But if you want to a and, like, and you build a death ray game and... If you want to build a death ray and play games. Well, no. Well, this, <laughs> is, this is I'm what's cool about that ultra card, ultra though. ultra
2: crazy. Yeah. If I wanted to go ultra crazy and put another... 390 in there with sli is that power supply <sighs> strong enough for i don't
1: it? know and i don't know like yeah. NVIDIA has been deprecating sli so i don't even know if you would get the benefit from that to be honest i think that like for, for mining operations you wouldn't be running it in sli you would just have them both installed and mm-hmm. whatever mining tool you would use could could use both of them um so i don't know the interesting thing, though, about the 3090, I mean, this is why it's such an impressive graphics card. The 3080, to a lesser extent, but it's true for that, too, is that it is GeForce, and NVIDIA keeps telling us GeForce is for gamers, and it's like, okay, but you also tout KUDO, which is clearly for, you know, uh, machine learning and whatnot, so shut up, NVIDIA. Uh, you, you just want to get paid, which is fine. But, um, it, you know, th- this is it's a graphics card that's part of their GeForce lineup. It is priced right now, you know, about $2,000 MSRP, which is insane but it is one of the rare cards that is giving like enterprise sort of performance and also could be used really well like has like the latest updated drivers for gaming because Nvidia typically doesn't do that for like their um you know their higher end um uh, professional cards they they don't um, optimize the drivers for gaming so you you um have the ultimate beast brie because not only can you game but you can also you know, have a Death Star and be a render machine and mine, mine Ethereum or or, or Bitcoin like
2: or whatever. The your next mining. two years, I mean, I, Rebellion is going to put out some commercials with deepfakes because I have a great graphics card yep. for uh, for that kind of machine learning. It's something I've always wanted to learn to do. So uh,
0: I have one final question for you. Uh, I okay. know your beloved husband Frank is a monster <laughs> of chaos. Is he allowed near the supercomputer? Yeah. <laughs> is he allowed near it?
2: I think he's scared of it. He doesn't want to break it. And it just kind of freaks him out. Uh, You know, Frank has a, you know, when we shipped up my last game, we had a big party at my house and Frank stood up on a table and he's like, yeah, woo! Oh, he opens up the champagne and pops it, and champagne goes uh-huh. spilling everywhere, literally on top of our local gnat that had all the source code uh-huh. on it and destroyed it. Oh, no. <laughs> he destroyed thousands of dollars of equipment. Oh. So in general, Frank is scared of uh, this kind of stuff. I
0: think that's totally fair. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so so I do want to do some reporting about crypto crypto mining on this. So Christina had showed me something called nice hash um, and basically what nice hash is is it is a it is um it's a service where you can go out and rent out your cpu and gpu to uh, basically a decentralized uh, uh hub and people can uh basically send processes to your graphics card uh for you to basically and they'll pay you for the time in bitcoin um one of the more profitable things to do with the 3090 is a dagger hashimoto uh uh, basically process uh on it and uh you can make real money from this so i wanted to experiment with this because uh the reason prices are so high is because of cryptocurrency miners basically getting these and and using them for a profit um I am sorry to tell you that this is, it works mm-hmm. and it's profitable even with the electricity costs. Uh, by my estimation, you'd be making about $4,500 a year after you pay for electricity with my particular mm-hmm. computer. Um and, and the way it works is you set it up. You can turn it on and off. So if you want a game, you can stop it. Um, but it's it's really easy. It's straightforward. It doesn't dim the lights. The power draw is honestly not that bad. And I'm sorry to say there's a, a logical reason that cryptocurrency miners are scalping these things. Yeesh. Yeah,
1: yeah. no, I, I was looking because I haven't done it on mine, but I could make, you know, uh, in, in the neighborhood of, you know, $360 a month off yeah. of it. And yeah. um, I mean, that's if you're running it 24-7, which which most people aren't, but that's what the electricity costs built in. And there are a lot of people who are absolutely like mining on their cards. And I, I, part of me can't blame them. I mean, I hate like the energy use of it, but like part of me can't blame them because A, the cards are freaking expensive and they've gone up because of the tariffs and because the retailers know they can sell them for more and, and all that stuff. They're impossible to get, so if you do have it, you kind of feel like, okay, well, I have this thing. And if I'm not gaming all the time, like what am I doing? You know, like should I should I be like leaving money on the table? I get where people are coming from. Like I feel morally conflicted, although I'm really glad you did the research. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you're talking about like for your case, I, I just ran the specs at least on nine hash. It looks like you'd be making $420 um a month um nice off of uh off of mining Ethereum. And that's um that's like not insubstant, like that, that's not nothing, you know I mean? Like that, Mm -hmm. that could be depending on people and what their setups are like, a, that's the price of your system. That's not the whole price of your system, but that's the price of a lot of the components and B, you know, like who knows if that's going to go up or down, but yeah, it's,
2: yeah, I mean, and there are there are definitely security concerns with this, and I, I just want to throw out a thank you to Larry Bates, who's a friend of the show, uh, who uh, very kindly talked to me and walked me through this. You do have to overload and like bypass large parts of Windows Defender. You do have to let basically uh, the Nice Miner software, the Excavator software, uh, control your power on your CPU and your GPU um, in a way that if, like, this is a computer I very deliberately don't keep anything that could like i haven't even logged into twitter on Mm -hmm. it because it's just not secure end of Mm -hmm. story um and you're making a lot of really serious compromises with that so personally if i were doing any work on this i would not feel comfortable using this machine um i i also want to say uh yeah i was really surprised that uh like running the uh, just in terms of how much money you make a day, it's about twelve dollars a day with uh, the 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 GPU. With the Threadripper CPU, it's literally barely a dollar a day, right. <laughs> and you the which makes it just basically not worth even the energy costs that you're spending. Uh, not to mention the fact that uh, despite me being very careful to keep this thing cool and literally shoving seven fans into this case, uh, mining on the CPU gets it up to 70 uh, degrees, which is a no-no on AMD. So, uh, if I did want to do that, I'd have to figure out how to keep it cool even cooler. Uh, but it's just not worth the money at the end of the day.
0: Well, I look forward to uh, future updates on Christina's supercomputer once she builds it. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so once I, I finish
1: building things. Yeah, it'll be after ignite. So it's almost built for people who've been wanting updates of White Lightning. It's gonna. It's looking great. I um the main thing is I need to get the AIO sorted and and get the fans set up and i was hoping to have it done already today but things work takes priority things things happen and and and, uh, microsoft ignite is a really good time but there's there's a lot of moving parts with that so well
0: uh we will keep you posted on this story as it develops but this episode of rocket is brought to you by spokes a communications agency Spokes is a public relations and communications agency designed to complement the businesses started by today's bootstrapping entrepreneurs. Spokes provides the kind of support and direction usually found in a high-dollar chief marketing officer, but with services that are lightweight, effective, nimble, and free from massive price tags. Spokes' founding team has decades of experience as news, features, and sports journalists and public relations executives in a variety of industries, nonprofits, and within the US government. They back that up with a strong in house team of software engineers and entrepreneurs. The result is an agency uniquely poised to complement the bootstrapping technical founder or the small team who believes they have market fit doesn't know how to begin telling the story of their products to news media and customers. Spokes is an a la carte VP of communications, ready to help you tell your story and to build an authentic relationship with your customers. They bundle services across the communication space, including strategies for building media connections and getting compelling stories published, editing services for maintaining a consistent tone of voice across your communication channels, media training to teach your team to stay focused on your message, and even full-service public relations representation. While you're focused on building great products and services, Spokes is here to make sure your public image represents the pride you have in your work. To learn more about Spokes's unique chief marketing officer as a service options, head to spokes.agency/rocket and mention this show for a 25% discount. That's s slash o x.agency/rocket and mention this podcast for a 25% discount. Our thanks to Spokes Agency for their support of this show and Relay FM. Yeah, baby. <laughs> um, before I go on this, Bree, do you have a link to your build, your computer build, anywhere that I can pop in the show notes?
2: Yeah, we'll put that in the show notes. Uh, Christina called it. What was it, Bree's obscenely powerful computer? <laughs> I think. Or I, say, I think like so. That? Yeah, I'll. I'll, uh, I'll yeah. find the monster. Can I just throw in yeah, one more sure, thing with this? Uh, so I, when I got you know, this computer, I got like a, you know a new monitor, and I decided to get all Razer peripherals at the same time. They really make good stuff, y'all. They like do. that keyboard. I I'm here working, typing on my Mac Pro keyboard again. It's hard to go back. Like they they really make good products. So just wanted to throw that out there. It is right. called
1: Breeze Thread. It is called th- Breeze Threadripper Badass Build. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Simple, to the point. It says exactly what's on the tin. Or it is. The tin, inside the tin is the thing that is printed on the tin. That's what they say. Well, Netflix is creating... <laughs> Here's our dessert. <laughs> oh, this is so good. The We're so excited. The director of Netflix's Firefest documentary is making a movie about the college admission scam and Operation <gasps> Varsity Blues. Oh. And it looks... To my great delight, like a combination of talking head interviews and dramatic recreations. Recreations. (laughs) Inspired by real um, FBI wiretaps. So essentially (laughs) they said, Rocket, this one's for you. Take it. Um, And I am frankly so excited because this is what we've been waiting for all this time. We're always waiting for updates on our beloved scams here at Rocket. Uh, this is a big one. This is one of our, our classic scams. Uh, it combines everything we love to talk about, which is wealthy people, period. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, scams. <laughs> um, Aunt Becky. Like, like there's a the childhood nostalgia aspect of this. This is so good. Um, and yeah, I love that they're doing, like, the. it does look like it's a combination of, of talking heads and, and recreations, which is similar to um, Alex Gibney does that in some of his documentaries, although obviously the guy who directed this is the one who did the Fire Festival doc, which they did a little bit of that too. Um, Although not as much recreation, they had a lot of footage. But I'm just like, when um, this was sent to one of my group chats and we were all like injected in our veins. And so I immediately had to send it to our group chat and then to like two other group chats that I'm in and a Twitter DM chat, because I was like, okay, this is actually breaking news. And you also just
0: tweeted straight up. (laughs)
1: I I was going to say after after I'd sent them to everyone, I was like,
0: oh, no. And the world needs to know that this is breaking news. (laughs) You can't kill the reporter inside Christina Warren. (laughs) I know. I know. I've I've been I've been trying, you guys, but I can't turn it off.
2: (laughs) So here's the question. Do we do we feel like just taking bets? Is this going to be better or worse than the Fire Festival documentary? Because it looks close.
0: The addition of like what looks like some pretty thorough dramatic recreation makes me feel like it will be worse and better at the same time. Like it'll be yes. worse in a way that I will thoroughly enjoy. And I, I liked Netflix's Firefest documentary I too. for sure. Um I don't but, know. but see, we had two
1: we had two Fire Festival ones. I think that's the hard <sighs> we thing. Had a Feast. Yeah. A Firefest. Like, like, and and I actually liked One them both. One was
2: good, the other was bad. They were no, I liked good. them both. I
1: like them both. Yeah. I, I, I like the Hulu one better, I think, but I also – but I go back and forth. I've watched them both multiple times Classic over Christine. the
0: last year. I like them both. What, so I, I don't know. What part of this are you m- most excited for, do you think, Bree?
2: Well, you know, as someone who's had someone like cast actors to play me in a dramatic recreation, <laughs> yeah. it's so terrible. Like, it's just so inherently bad that, of course, I'm I'm eager to see this, right? Oh, yeah. So, of course, I want to know, I want to see them like cast Lori Laughlin. I just, I want to see, I want to see somebody crying. I just want all the melodrama. Bring it on pump it into my veins.
1: Yeah. No, uh, that's the thing I'm looking forward to. Like, are they going to recast the celebrities? Are they going to use like stock footage of them? Like, what are they going to do? Because that could be really interesting. Because I, I do want to see, like, part of me really does want them to like have like an Olivia Jade stand-in and a Lori Laughlin like stand-in and like William H. Macy and uh, Felicity Huffman stand-ins. Like part of me really wants that. And then part of me is like, eh, should they just use stock? I don't know. I'm, I'm very excited about this.
0: Yeah, because they've cast the guy uh, who you know does all the side door stuff. I saw him for sure, and I did see news. Yeah, Matthew footage. Yeah, but I didn't see uh, anyone that I could pinpoint as like, oh, that's Laurie Laughlin, That's Olivia Jade. Very curious about what they'll do about that, or if they'll like introduce, if they'll use the wiretap audio to introduce fictional people, but in those similar situations. <gasps> yeah. Okay, um, so I'm
1: I'm look, I'm looking this up now. I'm looking up the full cast list on IMDb right now. So, excellent. Matthew Modine is so it's actually a pretty small cast list, which is interesting. So, they have the only actor whose name is listed here that I know is Matthew Modine and apparently he is going to be the Rick Singer stand-in. So, um uh, and and he is a well-known actor. He was in in, in Full Metal Jacket and um uh
0: Lots of uh, movies in in the 90s. um, Okay, so they might be going a fully fictionalizing route. I'm intrigued either way. Sounds like it could potentially be an S show, (laughs) which would delight me. (laughs)
1: 100%. Well, the interesting thing is, right, like Lifetime or somebody made a movie about this, which was pretty terrible. But this, because they're using the real footage and they have the actual wiretaps I think is great and all we need now honestly to kind of complete because we've had a Theranos documentary we're going to be getting Anna Delvey content plus um, Rachel Williams had her book we have this so like what we had fire festival is there any scandal that we're missing now that we need like any scam town thing that we need
0: like a movie about oh what a good question um there has to be right I don't I don't know.
2: I don't sure. know, listeners. You let us know if we're if we're missing anything. But I can't think of a major scandal that that we don't have a documentary about.
1: Which is kind of awesome if we're think if we're being real. Like this is yeah, this yeah is what it's we've true. wanted. Everything's
0: coming up. Us. All <laughs> yes. right. Uh, well, we'll definitely be talking about this after it comes out. Uh, looking forward to it very much. While we are here, whoa! I have one more thing to say. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Impending. Who are now hiring. Impending are a small team shipping apps straight into pop culture, like the top game five years in a row, Heads Up, where you try to guess the word on your forehead with clues from your friends. I have Ooh. played this one. Uh, it is very fun. It's especially good uh, to play with parents they understand it and it is riotous and funny uh heads up has been played billions of times around the world and generated a lot of laughter and it's developed by a team of just four four f-o-u-r at impending but they're looking for one more they're looking to grow their team by hiring an engineer could that be you rocket listener it is a full-time salaried position with a solid work-life balance and flexible vacation and it's remote friendly Go to impending.com slash hiring for more info. That is impending.com slash hiring right now to learn more about the remote friendly engineering opportunity at impending. One more time impending.com slash hiring or find the link in the show notes. Our thanks to impending for their support of this show and Relay FM. And I just want to say this is not
1: part of like the sponsored ad read or anything. I'm, I'm saying this like my own volition, but I've known David and uh, Phil for a long time and they're really great um, guys and and their team is really good. And they, the, the stuff that they work on, they really care about a lot. So if you're looking for an opportunity, definitely check that out.
0: I love it when we get uh, job. <laughs> job listings in our show. Uh, that's really cool, I think. All right, Christina, what are you up to this week?
1: So... I, I It is Microsoft Ignite right now. So by the time you listen to this, I think that the event will have uh, concluded. But uh, we had just a, a ton of stuff that we announced. We're going to talk about it more in depth next week, but I'll, I'll just uh, kind of give a shout out. We announced, and this was you know not really, I think, expected by a lot of people. It certainly wasn't expected by me, but we announced a new um, a, a mixed reality platform called um, Microsoft Mesh. And it's basically going to be, you know, it's kind of being designed as a way for you to potentially have different device types and and have interactivity and APIs and software experiences both with things like you know meetings and and enterprisey kind of boring stuff, but also potentially more real world stuff. Like Niantic showed off a demo of what it could look like if you had Pokemon Go in mixed reality, which I think is what we've all wanted for a long time. And um, the the demo that they were doing this morning at the keynote was was really fun. Um, Corey Quinn. He was being kind of uh, uh, facetious, and he was like, "It looks like you know a, a '90s um, multimedia CD," and he wasn't wrong. But like, yet I <laughs> genuinely loved it because because it was very much by design. It Like, looked like like they were inside of um, like an ocean uh, escape that looked like Echo the Dolphin, and I was like, "This is kind of what I've wanted." my whole life. So, uh <laughs> we've talked a lot about AR and um and VR and mixed reality stuff over the last few years on this podcast and I think that between obviously the platform that uh, Microsoft announced today but also all the rumors about the stuff that Apple's working on like this is just showing that this technology still has legs in it so to speak and so um that's exciting. There's also a lot of, lot of really interesting stuff from like the enterprise software and and platform development side for people who are interested in low code and no code stuff uh, on the Power Platform. There's a new language now known as uh, Power Effects, which basically takes like an Excel kind of syntax that you've been using and lets you use it to create other types of Power Apps. But this is for people who are, don't think of themselves as developers, but if they really did think about it, they are, but it's more accessible to a different marketplace. And I don't know, there's just a lot of really cool stuff. So that's what I'm heads down with. I've got the night shift tonight um, and then I've got the afternoon shift tomorrow and um, all the sessions will be available on demand, myignite.microsoft.com, So you can watch everything. I think that my opening, I did like a walk and talk thing through our studio to kind of kick off the event. I think that's online somewhere too, but uh, before the keynote started this morning, but yeah, that's what I'm been heads down with in rehearsals and working with all the teams who have worked so hard on all this stuff. So I'm. I'm. It, it's ignite season, everybody. It's. It's that time.
0: <laughs> uh, Bree, what about you?
2: Nothing as hard as that <laughs> Uh y- Y'all, I'm burnt out. I yeah. am just flat out burnt out, and I keep trying to push this up a hill, and I. I'm giving up. Uh, I'm getting out of town uh, on Friday. Yay. I'm just leaving. I don't know how I'm going to make it work because I don't know where we're going to stay. I'm just going to get my portion 911. We're going to send the dogs to doggy prison and we're just going to drive somewhere and just get the hell out of this house. I've had enough.
0: That is a wonderful idea and I'm happy for you. Sad that you're burnt (laughs) out, but you're making the right choice. Um, what am I doing? I'm just writing about Final Fantasy 7 all week, y'all. Uh, that's Yay! pretty much where I'm at, which is, of course, a happy place for me to be in. Um. Hey, where can I find you online, Brianna Wu? <laughs>
2: Uh, You can find me at Brianna Wu on Twitter. If you want to support Rebellion Pack, we've got a really big push this week on the minimum wage. I don't know about y'all, but I've actually worked minimum wage. It was hell. Mm. I could not survive on it. I feel really strongly that that's something we should be raising. Uh, We have a bunch of ads coming out on that. So uh, if you want to support that work, you can do that by going to uh, helptherebellion.com. Super happy to hear that
0: uh christina what about you
1: you can find me at film underscore girl on the instagram and the twitters i'll be posting backstage stuff again you'll probably miss this by the time it goes out but um i if you follow me on instagram this is why you should because i will be updating my stories to show off my cool outfits um because i had (laughs) i I had black um they're getting praised. they're being talked about yeah, because I I I'd, I'd, um, I had um I black kicks on yesterday, and I think I'm doing hot pink ones today, and I don't know what color I'm going to do tomorrow. All right, you want you want to be <laughs> you want to go to my my Instagram for for my my shoe posts. I can't do hotel tours, so it's all about the shoes now. Yeah.
0: All right, you can find me on Twitter at Doom Quasar and at YouTube.com/slash Polygon. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you liked it, I would super appreciate personally if you would give us a review on Apple Podcasts uh, or just tell a friend about it and then tell them to leave a review. Like if you're too lazy to leave a review, outsource that stuff. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. This episode of Rocket is terminated.
2: Terminated. Terminated.